Welcome to Confidence Conversations with Idara featuring Julie Yakinich. My brief intro before you introduce yourself, Julie, is that I had the pleasure, absolute pleasure of working with you 14 years ago on that massive electronic health record rollout um, where you were the senior analyst and we supported multiple departments together. And that's when I got to find out just how cool you were how funny, how clever, how intelligent, all of that stuff. And of course, naturally, we've stayed in touch at least intermittently over the years. So I'm so happy to have this conversation with you. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Please tell the audience about yourself. Uh, yeah, my name is Julie Akinich. And uh, currently career-wise, I'm, I'm working as a health coach, which is a bit of a detour from my previous life um, or career life. Uh, like Yudara said, we used to work together on software, basically. And then I, I continued working in software for a number of years. And then a few years ago, I got very sick. And um, that sort of, I don't want to say derailed, but detoured my life in a number of ways. Uh, which is how I became a health coach. So I work as a health coach with for with people that have Lyme disease, which is also what um, I, I battled with as an illness. And so um, I've been working as a health coach really just about a year, but I've been working with people that have Lyme disease for a few years now since I myself have recovered from Lyme disease. And um, yeah, I'm born and raised in Ohio and I lived on the West Coast for a long time. And now I'm back in the Midwest in Chicago. Awesome. Now, one of the things about when you're doing work that's born of your experience is that you connect with people differently. You know, it's one thing to know something academically, even if you know it really, really well. But when you're speaking from experience, there's such an authenticity to it that there's, there's almost like less of an intro to be said, both on your part and on the part of the person who's dealt with what you're talking about, because you've lived it and you've experienced it. So I find that that always lends the work tremendous power. Now, totally a lot of my focus, as you know, has been on confidence, particularly in career settings um, for women. How would you define or describe confidence? Um, yeah, I guess to me, confidence is sort of this strong sense of self, an unwavering, strong sense of self. And I don't think that that necessarily means not being flexible. I think it actually means being quite flexible. Um, and, you know, when I think about confidence, I can think about it in sort of a number of different ways. I can think about it in the way that I process confidence cognitively, the way I think about how I'm confident now, which is something you and I've talked a bit about, which is a big transition from where I was a few years ago and in really a lot of my life and not really feeling confident. Um, so it, it's, um, something that's in my mind, but it's also something that's in my body. And I think that is something that really has been part of the shift that has happened for me over the last few years of feeling significantly more confident is learning about how my mind is connected to my body. And so now when I think about confidence and things and decisions that I've made in confidence in my true self, to me, I feel it right here in my body. I feel it in my heart. There's sort of like a warmth in my heart when I know that I am standing in my truth, that I am being authentic. So there's that 
conscious part, but there's also a, a, a body part, a, a physical part. I, I could I could completely see that. Um, and that sounds almost like a whole different conversation. Maybe we can have a different conversation about that correlation, almost like the listening to your body or where that's, totally. there's that synergy because so much of what we experience, no matter how it looks on the outside is the manifest in our body. We feel it. But I love that definition totally. that you gave and I've, I've written it down so that I can say it again, but it's that strong sense of self and unwavering sense of self. It doesn't mean you're not flexible. If anything, it allows you to be flexible because you're certain of yourself. Right. That's, now, can you share a time when being confident made confident made a difference in your career? Well, I guess it's a little bit difficult because uh, to answer, because I think, like I said, there is sort of like fake confidence me, there's faux confident me, um, and then there's authentic confidence me. So those are sort of like two different things for me. I mean, my whole life, people have always assumed I was confident when in fact, I was not at all. I was very self-conscious. Um, but now I do feel confident who I am. I'm okay with who I am. Um, but I would say, you know, when it comes to my career, again, it's like, there's buckets, right? There's buckets around how your personality shows up in a number of different ways and how confidence can show up in a number of different ways. And so I do think that in the workplace is one place that I've actually been pretty truly confident, mm -hmm. even though in my personal life, I wasn't feeling confident. Um, in work, I would, I have, I would say has always been sort of my strongest area. And so, um, I think because of that, I've actually, I've done quite well with my career. I mean, I've always, I mean, you, when you and I worked together, that was my first real job. You know, that was the first time I wasn't, um, that I was like out of college and I had a nine to five and, um, and so, you know, I just, I succeeded at that sort of naturally. I mean, I was, I was relatively good at it. And so being confident and making decisions and, and all of that really lent, lent to me, you know, doing well in my career, getting promoted, getting opportunity to work on the projects I worked on with you. Um, and then sort of like, you know, getting promoted pretty regularly. Yeah, I, that yeah. was what that was my um, experience of Julie Yakinich. And since you've mentioned it, we can talk about it here. This idea of faux confidence. When I when I give the confidence talk, one of the things I, I talk about it in two parts: the confidence on you, meaning the outward facing stuff, the things that people see, right. and the confidence in you. The confidence in you requires you to dig a little bit deeper. It has to be solid, and it takes longer. But usually, and more often than not, in a career setting you still have to deliver. There's still the expectation of the work. And that's the part that I refer to as the confidence on you, what you're showing people. Um, so when you say full confidence, can you elaborate on that a little bit more? Because truly, if I were to define, if I were to think of a, a number of different words to describe you when we were working together or anyone that asked, confidence would be one of the things that um, would come up as well. It's like you, on the work end, you delivered impressive time and time again, excellent work. And you were funny about it too, you know, serious in front of the client, but you had a great sense of humor, bold, went for things that you wanted to do. You, you know, did things, like, but yes, please a little bit more <laughs> yeah. on, and on about how cool you are, but um, about the full confidence. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it was never a conscious decision of mine to act confident, even though I didn't feel confident. I think that over the years, I was able to sort of build this sense of confidence that like what you call the confidence on me, where, you know, people would perceive me as confident because of a number of different things. And I think I grew up with this understanding that, um, you know, for me, success was defined as you having a good career, making a lot of money, getting well-educated, getting certifications and all these things. That was what, in my mind, I thought would make me feel good, would make me feel happy and um, maybe truly make me feel confident, even though I didn't. Um, and, you know, I did all of those things. I got a number, I have a number of professional certifications. I have a number of degrees. Um, and none of those things ever actually made me feel like good about who I was as a person. Um, they did make me look really good on paper, right? I mean, um, and, and in the workplace, I think that, um, maybe not just in the workplace though, it was like, I could kind of build on those things, those having those accolades to sort of build a facade of confidence. And it wasn't intentional. I never felt like I was, there was never a conscious decision of, well, I feel like a phony, but if I get these degrees and stuff that other people will not think I'm a phony or something. Um, but that's essentially what was happening. It was, that's essentially what it was. I just had a miss guided sense of what would bring me a true sense of self and happiness. And so inside, I was constantly second guessing myself and very anxious and, um, you know, always thought that people didn't like me or, you know, there's like a lot of layers to this, like underneath of this sort of lack of self-esteem, but I was able to build this persona, I guess, of confidence based on what other people were telling me, I think really more than anything, you know what I mean? When people would recognize that I was doing well in work and get promoted, it reaffirmed that that yes. is what I should be doing and that, that I was good, you right. know? The validation people, goes a long way. Totally, you know? And it's like when your family and your friends are telling you like, oh, you did really well in school and you got these things, oh, it's so impressive, right? And I think that's sort of just, I mean, maybe it's cultural. I don't, I don't really know. I'm sure it's familial. There's a number of layers to it, but um, I'm sure even as a kid, you know, I was a very accelerated kid. And I think I just built on that from a, a very young age. I mean, when I was in kindergarten, there were two reading groups, right? There was the reading group that the teacher taught. And then there was the reading group that I taught, mm. you know, a six-year-old, you know? Um, and then it kind of just went from there when I was in elementary school, I was, I'd go to school with my peers four days a week. And the fifth day a week, I'd be sent to another school for the really special kids, the smart, you know, intelligent children. And so I always got kind of reaffirmed that if you're smart and you do well in school and you succeed in your career and whatever, that that means you're good enough, as opposed to being good enough just for being the person that I was inside. Which and also so, creates a different kind of, um, pressure totally on Absolutely. top of whatever else you're doing so on the surface it looks like it's all great but it creates an additional pressure or anxiety on the inside to, yeah, to remain at that level to continue to to deliver at that level yeah absolutely oh there's so 
it would seems like it's a good opportunity to then talk about what's different now because from all indications you had the confidence and, and the skills to be successful in any setting but it feels different now what's that difference what's that confidence in you yeah um well i would say you know there's not like a super solid like date or time period that it really shifted um well, I guess, I guess so. I mean, to me, I think the shift really happened when I got sick with what I know now is chronic Lyme disease. I spent five years really sick with a illness that no one could diagnose. So I spent five years seeing hundreds of doctors and, you know, no one could figure out why I was so ill. And then I was finally diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease um, about six years ago now and went through treatment for that, which was incredibly intense. And, um, in my case, I have neurological Lyme disease, so it greatly affected my brain and nervous system. So I was very sick. Um, I was bedridden, really, and housebound for almost two years. And also, I mean, it took away the thing that was the thing that was so solid for me, which was my, my brain, my thinking brain, my ability to be analytical and think and be smart, which was the thing that always was my sort of safety net, was taken from me because of my illness. And so I in so many ways had to reassess who and what I was as a person. Um, I think, you know, I mean, it, it almost killed me, you know, I mean, it was severe. And so when you're faced with something that intense, it, it changes you, you know? And so for me, recovering from that, spending years getting my brain function back, which, you know, fortunately now I have mostly gained back, um, really made me assess my life in a number of ways. And so, um, I looked at, I mean, virtually everything I was doing in my life because that was it, you know, it was, I knew I couldn't continue and or thrive if I didn't really dig as deep as you could go and figure out what was really, what was really there under the surface of me as a person and what was driving my illness and what was driving mental health issues that were sort of tied in with all of this. So, um, I, you know, I moved cities, I moved states, um, I moved back to the Midwest, which is where I'm from, and I got divorced. And, and then I spent probably two or three years after I moved and got divorced, really digging in on sort of my self-work, you know, really working with therapists to figure out what was really happening. Like, what, what were all the things I was ignoring? Um, what were all the things that I was hiding from um, and really just getting to the root cause of all the things that caused me physical and mental and emotional pain. And I mean, that's not easy work. That's the hardest work, um, really facing yourself and, and coming to terms with all of that and then growing from there. And so for me now, um, I do feel really confident because I have been able to look myself in the mirror and, and, and love myself. I never, I never felt like that before. I never felt like I could look at my body, look at my personality, examine my behavior and say, this is all okay and lovable. Good. Yeah. yeah, that I'm good and perfect, totally imperfect as we all are and love myself still, recognize the imperfections and the, the good and the bad and still say, I'm, I'm okay. It absolutely warms my heart to hear it. 
um, because you deserve it. And I'm Thank so you. glad that you're here. You know, it, was, uh, it, it took a lot, but I'm yeah. glad that you're here now. And it yeah. is important for people to, to know that it, it can be a journey and just to be responsive to what's actually happening so that they can be better on the inside. You know, it's like the superficial will only take you so far. You have to be okay on the inside. Yeah. Now, this this was this would be pro probably more. Can I can I interrupt you and make Absolutely. a point here? Absolutely. Because I think that, and I mentioned this to you when we talked recently after not talking for a while. You were such an inspiration in a lot of this too. I mean, looking back at that period of time when we worked together, um, you know, I remember you know people. It was a difficult project. There were difficult people on it. We're working with doctors that never had used computers before in right. their lives. Even the folks on our teams, there were just some difficult characters as happens when you have a large project and yes. you're working in that setting. And, you know, people would get all up in arms and whether that was the clients we were working with or the people on our teams and people would get so perturbed about things. And I just remember, I, you know, asking you at one point, I remember a specific situation with a person where they, I think they got upset with you or just with us or with the whole situation. And I, I was so shaken by it because I was like, oh my God, they hate us and they're so upset, you know? And you were just like, no, that's, that's, this has nothing to do with us. This is totally them, you know? And I just remember thinking like, wow, <laughs> where did she learn that? Like, how is she, and you weren't, you were just so poised. You weren't, you were kind, you were diplomatic always. But you were so able to recognize when and where people were trying to put their stuff on you that was not yours to carry. Yeah. And I think now in my life, it's such, um, it's something that I think about and I've worked on so much. And it's such a big part of this confidence, right, is that when people get upset with me or I do something that somebody doesn't like, I am, I feel like my, my inner Dara comes out where I can, I can say, you know, I don't, I didn't like making that decision, that tough decision, right? I'm sorry it hurt your feelings, but you, you know, that this situation and what you're upset about has, it's, it's yours. That's your, that's your not thing. To, that's not mine. Not and mine. I'm, I'm making decisions from my heart, knowing that I'm doing what's best for me for the first time in my life. That's and that's just something that you've always, well, I don't know about always, but since I've known you have always had, and it's always been very inspiring to me. And I think that for me, it was, I don't think I ever really knew anyone like you, you know? <laughs> I have the best I'm not time being nice you, either. I, I mean, I'm being so honest. I know we did. I we had still a great remember time. Cross, crossing the street when I, my first baby, and you're flailing your arms, lady with the baby, lady with the baby, making sure that I was safe crossing the street. I had the best time working with you, Julie. Oh. Absolutely, just such a pleasure to hear. But I, I really did not internalize things. But one of the flags, right. part of why I'm having these conversations now, one of the flags, you know, years later for me, um, that stuff was getting to me where oh. it would not have, because okay. what you saw, I was not faking. It's like, I seriously just was like, I know it's, it's not a me thing. It's not a me thing. So you it's weren't, that was not faux confidence. Like I was having yours felt was, very authentic. I'm genuinely like, yeah, totally. It's, it's a, so you think I'm just going to go ahead and assign it its proper place. It's really a question of where, whether we can work together, um, 
or not, but I always right. believed that it would be successful in the long run and people would, would get around, but I was able to, I've always been able to make that separation. So I would be okay. And people would go through whatever they were going through. But when it did start to affect me, when people's emotions made their way through and were, and changed what I was doing, I knew there was, there was a problem and it started to seep into other areas. I'm still trying to crack if there was a moment where mm. it happened. Um, because that affected my confidence, which is why I'm talking to people about it now, because the way I see this, if it could happen to me, then it could happen to, <laughs> to anyone else. It's like, pay it's attention so to what's happening because there's a road to recovery when your confidence is, is shaken. Totally. But uh, it was fascinating. I always had a great time working with you. It was, it was just, we were such we were an amazing such a good, team. We were such a good pair. Such an amazing team. So what, what? Now this, because we've talked about a lot of depth, this may or may not be something that you have to pull from because you've had to go a lot deeper, but what recommendation or advice do you have or have you used in situations that challenged your confidence? Yeah. Since, I since mean, I, discovering yourself, do you feel like right. your, your confidence is even challenged anymore? Or is it something that you'd have to draw from when you feel like you had confidence in what got you to confidence what advice have you used or what recommendation do you have for situations that challenge a person's confidence yeah I mean my I mean certainly my confidence still gets challenged I mean it wasn't like a day or night thing where you just I mean this is build building over time this sense of self and sense of confidence and I think I guess a couple of things one um, whenever my confidence is shaken is that I really take some time um, to kind of sit with it. And so in a, I'm a, I'm a meditator, I'm an introspective person. And so for me, it's spending some quiet time alone, sort of sitting with and feeling in my body and in my mind, what's kind of happening, you know, and making sort of, sort of, um, like assessments on what's going on, having time to bring some peace into my life if something is shaken. Um, and then I think, you know, I'm not perfect at it. I'm not, I, I, and not every, not in every situation, am I able to say like I made the absolute right choice or that I'm really confident in where I'm going with things. I think I still take risks that I'm not particularly confident in, but it's, you know, I always, I, I what I come back to is, having this sense of self and this safety within myself that I'm always going to be okay. And even if I'm shaken temporarily, which is human, yeah. I know that I've got myself. Like I know that I've got my back. I've got my best interest at heart. And I now have the tools to really, uh, you know, kind of build, you know, be, come back to that sense of safety and confidence. Um, and when I don't, I bring in people that can help, right? And I think that's, you know, I've, I've said a lot over the years of having conversations that are similar to this about how I was able to get as far as I, I have, um, you know, with my health, with my mental health, with my career, with everything. And for me, it comes down to my friends and family a lot, you know, is, that um, I'm very fortunate in that I have a very large family and a lot of really good friends that I've, you know, I've put a lot of effort into these relationships. I still have them because I work on them, but um, 
those are, that's what's gotten me through those times when I was really shaken was knowing that there's a lot of people to kind of catch me when I don't feel safe, or there's always that net for me. I've had a very large net to catch me if I fall with my friends and family. Um, so I think that, and you know, I have a really good therapist, you know, I mean, I, she's changed my life. Louise is my girl, you know, like she is able to really be there for me in ways that a therapist has never been before and give advice that is just so loving and kind. Um, And so it's just having resources. I guess that's the thing, right? I think for my first resource is always myself and that sense of self and safety is within me. And when that gets shaken and I'm not able to pull myself out of it myself, then I just start pulling from resources. And those resources are my friends and family. They're my therapist. They are, um, what are the things that make me feel like me? Yeah. So, resources. Yes, that's, yeah. a good, that's a good way to put it. One of the things that I, I talk about is recharging or refueling mm-hmm. at the village or at the pump village is like you know mm-hmm. your family your friends the people that you grew up with your you know proverbial village mm-hmm. uh, but the pump would be those professional resources you know especially for people who may not are, are may not be around family or may not right. have a big family or right. or, a or may not have a supportive family or may not have a supportive family or are for whatever reason are alone in a manner yeah. of speaking so right. what you're saying, especially coming from such a, um, a profound perspective of really digging deep, really resonates because we can only do so much on our own. It's good to be able to rely on yourself, to know yourself and to be certain, but we really were not meant to do this life alone. So all mm-hmm. of these resources, as you say, go a long way, make a big difference. All right. Yeah. Final question. What's your next bold move? Ooh. I love that question. (laughs) Um, Gosh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like my existence as I am now is just bold. It's really bold to, to I mean, I feel like it's an act of such rebellion in our culture to be truly confident and to really have a strong sense of self. And so every day that I step into more of who I am authentically and love myself unconditionally and continue to do what's right for me, that is so bold. Not many people are doing that, you know, and that's what I was doing before. What I was doing before was caring about everyone else first instead of myself first. And I think that and maybe you can resonate with this a bit too, because I think as a mother and a woman that, you know, with a career, um, you know, I'm not a mom, but even just as a woman with a career and a woman in our culture, it's, it's expected that we give ourselves away to everyone else first instead of ourselves. Yes. And it's just not sustainable. It's not, it's not. And I think a lot of people are becoming more and more aware of it, you know, but, and ideally you're, you're, living your being here your being you would not feel like such an act of defiance but a lot of times it is because of the pervasive messages that would tell you that it should be otherwise so yes there are definitely those messages and part of what i tell people too because a lot of times when i speak about confidence and women in the workplace is not as if everything being done or perpetuated it's only being done by um, men in the workplace, no, certainly you know, not. but women have also bought into this mindset 
totally. and um, challenge or question other women as well because of that deep belief and so many people putting on a show in a manner of speaking and not necessarily being themselves and might be bothered by seeing it in, in other people. So it's more important just know who it is you are, what it is you are, and recognize when those messages are, are coming at you so that you can respond accordingly. Sure. But I sure. like that. You're in your bold move now. You're you. That's, that's yeah. the move. Yeah, I'm not I mean, apologizing anymore. I'm not, I'm not I mean, unapologet unapologetically you. It's yeah, great. I'm not perfect, but I'm not going to apologize for my existence no. anymore. No, and you've already so you've been working on the health coach component. Right. I know that that's something that will continue to grow because it's coming from a very personal place for you. So any information that you have on that, I'll also include in the description so that people know cool. how to find you, um, whether it's Lyme. A disease or something else that's a chronic condition or that they're dealing with and I'm sure your experience will be able to to guide them through well thank you very much Julie Yakinich it has been such a pleasure I'm getting to have this confidence conversation with you and I'm looking forward to a health conversation later so that we can talk about the mind body component because I'm sure there's more that we can tap into there absolutely I'd love to oh so lovely to see you and talk with as you always, as always as always <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Julie. Oh, thank you.